Good morning, Mr. Shepard. This is your 5.30 a.m. wake-up call. <sighs> well, we have a little help getting the program started on time today because of that wake-up call. I'm Wayne Shepherd, along with Moody Bible Institute President and founding pastor of New Life Community Church, Mark Job, here in the studio. And while many of us need that early morning jolt or jolts to get us out of bed, we'll be talking about a different kind of wake-up call today on Bold Steps Weekend. Stay tuned. The alarm is a spiritual wake-up call. Your environment has affected you, and you are like the water that you so despise. I wish you were hot. I wish you were cold. But somehow your temperature has become lukewarm. And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark, today we're starting a two-part message of yours in Revelation 3 called Your Spiritual Wake-Up Call, Laodicea. You know, Wayne, this is such a powerful passage and so so uh, visual, the image of cold and hot. In fact, I have here in the studio um, a really nice, cold, cold, I'm holding it in my hand right now, bottle of water. And in my other hand, I have this lukewarm cup of water. And Wayne, I'm wondering if I offer this to you, which one would you be more tempted uh, well, to go with? With all due respect, uh, looking at that swill, I, I think I'll take the bottle of water. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the point. Unless you're European and you don't like ice in your drink. You know? <laughs> right. But, but yeah, you got to ask for it as Americans, don't exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> but typically, we I don't like my stuff lukewarm. You know, I, I when I'm hot and thirsty. I want something nice and cold. And in essence, what God is saying is that you've developed a spiritual temperature that is unsavory to God, that that he despises, that he doesn't like, that he wants to spit out of his mouth. And that's a pretty powerful Yeah, image. what an image that is. That, that's uh, frightening in a way, isn't it? It really is. And I think what God is saying, hey, I'd rather you be cold or hot. I don't want you to be in this middle ground, half in, half out. I'd rather know where you're at spiritually. And so obviously he's not saying he wants us to walk away from him. But the point is, I want your spiritual temperature to be right. Mark, just before we get to the message today, I understand that you've been to the location of this church that we're reading about in Revelation. I have this, uh, the ancient Laodicea is found in the country of Turkey, and I've been to the place where uh, that town was. And it's amazing because there's still some hot, bubbling uh, underground uh, streams that come out of the out of the ground, very very hot, and uh, we are at a place where they had some cold pools and some hot pools. Very illustrative of what this passage is talking. Yeah, about. so the the hearers knew what was being talked about here. Yes, they had that background and fully understood what the Spirit was saying to them. Well, may today's message be a wake-up call to all of us. We're glad you're listening. It's not by accident. Let's listen carefully now to God's Word as Mark Job opens on Bold Steps Weekend. I've entitled this morning's message, A Spiritual Wake-Up Call. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. We're on our last message in our series entitled Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. And this is one of the most powerful messages 
sent to the seven churches of Revelation. It's the final church in Revelation. There are seven letters that were written to seven churches, several, seven literal churches. These were churches that were in cities that are found currently in the country of Turkey. Seven of them. The church of Laodicea, which is the final church that's written to, was a church in a city and they had a big problem. They needed a spiritual wake-up call. And this letter here is a spiritual wake-up call to people that were struggling in their spiritual lives. I've been praying for you this morning, and I my prayer for you this morning has been, God, if there are people in this auditorium this Sunday morning that need an external wake-up call, some sort of alarm to go off, some sort of bell to ring in their spirit. May it be my voice. May it be this message. May it be this passage waking people up to the reality of God. And so I pray this morning that as we go through this passage, if God is speaking to your heart, that you will hear the alarm of the Spirit of God waking you out of your slumber and saying, now is the time, today is the day, this is the season. I'm reading in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, I write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched and pitiful and poor and blind and naked. So this seventh letter is written to a group of people that needed a major wake-up call in their life. Out of the seven churches that are written, this is the only church that doesn't receive a commendation. Normally, when the letter starts out, it says, I know your deeds, and, and there's a good word given to them, something like, hey, you've been faithful or you've persevered, but this is the only church that does not receive a commendation, a word of encouragement. They're not affirmed in any way. And then Jesus introduces himself, and he says, these are the words of the amen. He refers to himself as the Amen. Now, some of you have been around the church culture for a while, and you've heard that word amen used, right? At the end of a prayer, people say amen. When someone else is praying, you say amen. Uh, my, my kids don't like it when they pray, if we pray together, because when they pray, I like to agree with them. So I'm saying, yes, Jesus, amen. My daughter especially says, Dad, I can't concentrate if you keep talking like that. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just agreeing with you, honey. I like to, I like to like, be with you in it. Um, amen means so be it. At the end of a prayer, when you say amen, you are saying so be it. May it be what I have prayed. When someone else says something that's strong that you believe in, that, that is true, 
uh, even as I preach at times, some of you will say amen, because it means so be it. Yes, I agree. I affirm that. And Jesus says, I am the ultimate capital A, amen. What I say, may it be done. Every word that I declare, may it happen, because I am the ultimate amen, Jesus says. And then he says, I am the faithful and true witness. I love that about Jesus. I love that Jesus is faithful. You know what faithful means? It means that he's always there, that he never misses a beat, that you can always trust his word, that he never fails, that he never promises something that he won't deliver, that he never takes a vacation, that you never are put on call waiting when you talk to him. He never is slumbering or sleeping, but that God is faithful. He's there 24-7 all the time. He's reliable. You know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that about my Lord. He is faithful. He is the amen. He is the faithful, true witness. And he is the ruler of God's creation. He introduces him that, that way to the church of Laodicea, and then he jumps into business. He doesn't fill the first part of the letter with a bunch of nice platitudes. He jumps right into the content. He says, I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Well, that's not a nice letter. It's pretty serious. What is it that made him so, so strong that he literally says, he literally says, your condition is nauseating me. I mean, you can read through the Bible a lot of times in the New Testament. Usually Jesus is full of a lot of mercy. He's usually full of a lot of grace. There's a lot of compassion. He says words of affirmation. But in this passage, he says, because you are neither hot nor cold, he says, I'm about, anybody know what this is? That's right, a barf bag. The literal translation there is not spit. The literal translation is, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Now, here's what happens when we get sick. You eat something that's not uh, cooked right, or you eat something that has bacteria. What happens is that your body says, this does not belong in your body. This needs to be out. And so your body has this mechanism, this ejection mechanism, and it seeks to empty your body of whatever does not belong. And so you have this reaction. And when someone's about to experience that reaction, we give them a barf bag, right? I'm not going to get too graphic with this, but you all know the story. And you all know when it's happening, it's your body's way of saying, this does not belong in you. This will make you ill. So get it out of your system. Here's the question I have. What makes Jesus sick to his stomach? What makes God so upset that he says, I want this out now? It's got to be pretty severe, right? 
It's got to be something really, really serious. It's got to be something that, wow, to make the heart of God sick, it has to be something really deep, really that he loathes, really that he can't stand. What is it? It boils down to one thing. Listen, it boils down to lukewarm spirituality. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, a message from a series deeper beyond shallow spirituality. We'll continue our discussion on lukewarm spirituality in a moment. But first, if you've missed any of the previous messages in this study, you can find them online at boldstepsweekend.org. And you know, you don't have to be near a radio or a computer to hear Bold Steps Weekend. By subscribing to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast on your mobile device, you can easily take these messages wherever you go and listen while you're out for a walk or running errands or out in nature. Just search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job on your podcast app and hit subscribe. And for more content, you can also subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute, where you'll hear powerful excerpts from the Bible teaching of Mark Job. This one minute feature is a great way to get your daily dose of biblical encouragement, no matter how busy your schedule gets. So subscribe today and get the Bold Steps Minute downloaded automatically through your podcast app or visit boldstepsminute.org. I don't know if you've ever had a plumbing problem in your home and all the frustrations that go along with that, but the city of Laodicea had a huge plumbing problem, and God compared it to their spiritual condition. Again, here's Mark Job with more Bold Steps Weekend. I had a chance to visit Turkey a couple years ago, and I've actually been to what was called Laodicea, and I've been in one of those naturally hot springs, and it comes out like you can see the steam coming out naturally from the ground, and it came out that way. Now, the Romans had engineered a way of transporting water from one place to another. If you travel around some of the places that have ancient Roman ruins, you will be introduced to something called aqueducts. Are you familiar with that term? Aqua comes from the word water, and ducks means where the, where the water travels. So they're aqueducts. It would, water would travel on them. And the Romans had engineered systems of, uh, of transporting water from one, way, one place to another. The problem was that the water would come out at the city of Heropolis burning hot, but then it would travel seven miles, and as it traveled seven miles, it would start to cool down, and by the time it got to Laodicea, the water was lukewarm. Started hot, turned lukewarm. So everybody in Laodicea knew that the water was a problem. They knew, they understood Lukewarm water, nasty water. No one liked to drink the water in Laodicea. They figured out forms of how to try to cool the water or how to try to heat the water up. So when John is speaking to this city, he knows that everybody is familiar with this problem. And he says to these people in this congregation, it's not only a plumbing problem that you have, you also have a spiritual problem. Because you have become like your water. You're sort of riding the middle road. You have enough of God in you to make you show up to church on Sunday. Uh, You have enough of God in you to make you sing a song when people worship. Uh, But you don't want to get too far into it. 
Uh, you're sort of in the middle road, uh, the middle, there's a little bit of indifference, a little bit of apathy, just enough to make you safe, but not enough to make you change. It's the middle road. Now you say, well, why would God feel so strongly about the middle road? Well, here's the thing. What is it that cools down our spiritual temperature? What is it that takes a person that's fervent and on fire and passionate and makes them sort of lukewarm? Well, I think he tells us this. And today, if you find yourself, if deep inside as I'm speaking, you say, Pastor, I think I'm lukewarm. I think I'm probably in that lukewarm stage. If you're there, I want you to listen up because God has sent me here this morning to give you a personal, spiritual, abrupt wake-up call. The alarm in your mind and your spirit is going to ring. It's up to you if you ignore that alarm or if you try to, to cover your, your spiritual head with a pillow or try to put it on snooze once again. But the alarm is going to sound this morning. The alarm is a wake-up call, a spiritual wake-up call. Amen? All right. So how do we get lukewarm and how do we wake up more importantly, how do we wake up out of our spiritual lukewarmness? Well, here's what it says. Notice what it says. I'm going to give you four steps to wake out of your spiritual lukewarmness. So if you're taking notes this morning, write it down. Number one, look at what it says in verse 17. He says, you say, you say to yourself, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched and pitiful and poor and blind and naked. Uh, the first wake-up call, the first step is that you must break the denial mindset and admit your real spiritual condition. You must break the denial mindset and admit your real spiritual condition. Uh, those of you that have been around the support recovery or 12-step program understand that one of the first steps is to break out of denial, right? Because oftentimes we don't change because we deny the fact that we have a problem. We deny our condition. Denial means that I look myself in the mirror and I lie to myself about the severity of my problem. Denial means that even though other people around me recognize it, I refuse to really admit it or refuse to be honest, brutally, blatantly honest with myself. Uh, in, the, in the recovery, when someone has an addiction, uh, in the denial phase, people around them say, hey, this person has a real drinking problem. They're an alcoholic. Yet you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I I'm a social drinker. I could quit any time. I still have a job. It doesn't interfere with my performance. I mean, sure, I 
drink and I like to, but I could stop anytime. I'm not really an alcoholic because I'm not living on the street with a brown bag, unshaven, sleeping under a bridge. And you say, yeah, yeah, I may have a little bit of problem, but I'm not an alcoholic like that guy. You see, you're in the denial phase. Uh, you refuse to admit that you can't go a couple of days without drinking. You refuse to admit that that's what you go to to make you feel up and happy. You refuse to admit that now your body and your system requires it for you to function, that every day you have to drink and that some days you get buzzed and drunk and that you have to function that way and that you behave in ways that are different from yourself. And if you would have to go dry for a while, it would drive you crazy. You refuse to admit that. That's the denial phase. And you see, you can never deal with your problem until, first of all, you're you're honest about the nature and severity of your problem. And so, spiritually speaking, it's the same way. Spiritually speaking, what the Spirit of God says to the, uh, the church of Laodicea is that you have a denial problem. You are not admitting how spiritually bad off you are. You think that because your mortgage is paid, and you think that because you drive a car that's only two years old, and you think that because you're dressed nice and your kids go to a private school, you think that life is okay. You think that you're doing well. You say, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm okay. I'm not like those people out there that really, oh, they really need God. You talk about needing God, I know some people really need God. Pastor, you need to go talk to them. But what the Spirit of God says is you think that because on the outside you look okay, You're denying where you're really at spiritually. Because spiritually speaking, he says, if I were to open up the spiritual realm, and if you were to look at yourself really spiritually where you're at, he says you're poor, you're wretched, you're blind, and you're naked. Spiritually speaking, you're a mess. But you cover it up on the outside and act like everything is okay. But how many of you know what we are on the outside is not always what we are on the inside? This is Bold Steps Weekend, and you've been listening to Mark Job teaching from Revelation chapter 3. We'll finish up this message and the series this time next weekend right here. Our focus and theme these last couple of weeks has been going deeper beyond shallow spirituality. And all of our past programs in this collection are available online via our website. So if you ever want to go back and review them or share them with a friend, just visit boldstepsweekend.org. That's boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're on our website, you may also want to check out some of the faith-building resources we're offering, like this month's Bold Step Gift, a practical book called The Seven Resolutions, written by Pastor Carl Clausen, host of the Moody Radio Show, Carl and Crew Mornings. Mark, as a special treat, we actually have Carl here in the studio to talk about the uniqueness of this empowering book. Carl, you've said that the Christian life isn't about behavior modification. What do you mean by that? You know, it's... 
the most fascinating scripture to me dealing with self-help versus God's power or behavior modification and trusting in God to change us is Galatians 3. Mm. You probably love this passage, Mark. The Apostle Paul says, who's bewitched you? That that you began in the power of the Holy Spirit, why are you working out in the flesh? And the reason he had frustration as a spiritual father is he knew this full well. Any effort apart from God's power, working in man-centered energy, had no hope to produce what we'd find later in Galatians, and that is the fruit of the Spirit. So behavior modification has changed no one. Spiritual modification that works on the inner man changes all behaviors. I love it. So you're hearing the author, Carl Clausen, of The Seven Resolutions. So if you're tired of trying to change yourself, self-help, self-modification, you heard Carl say it. It's the power of the Spirit of God, and this book will help you direct you right towards that, away from self-help and right towards the power of God. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Carl. And right now, you can request your copy of Carl's book, The Seven Resolutions, when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. So call us today at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or go online to boldstepsweekend.org. You can also send your gift and request Carl's book in the mail. Simply write to us at Bold Steps Weekend. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And by the way, you can discover even more of Mark's Bold Steps teaching through other platforms like social media and YouTube. To follow us on social media, simply log into your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps Radio. Then click the like or follow button on our page to stay up to date with our content. And with that, I'm Wayne Shepherd signing off, and we'll see you next weekend where Mark shares a cautionary lesson about the lukewarm church of Laodicea. Hear part two of his message titled Your Spiritual Wake-Up Call next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.